0: Welcome to A Beggar Who Found Bread. I'm a beggar named Brad, and I found bread that I would love to share with you and the whole world. It's the bread of life, the Messiah, Yeshua of Nazareth. And I want to share this bread so that the way of eternal life would be illuminated for you. This episode, Stairway to Heaven. Y'all better recognize props to Led Zeppelin for the title to this episode, and As it turns out, Stairway to Heaven, it's a song the band really didn't like playing live in concert. And I think it's because it was pretty much mandatory for them to play it. It was expected that they play Stairway as it's their most most popular song ever. So crowds just expected it. And they would have been really disappointed if ever Led Zeppelin omitted it from the song list. And I think when anything, even something we really enjoy becomes mandatory, it's no longer I get to, it becomes I have to. Huh, those are my thoughts on that matter. So what the Beatles are to many from my generation, well, that's what Led Zeppelin is to me. They are the standard by which I compare all others. Now, mind you, I didn't love every album of theirs. Zeppelin won. Probably, arguably, one of the best rock albums ever. Zeppelin 2 and 4, both great. Zeppelin 3, mm, nah. some hits and some misses there. In Through the Outdoor, nah, blech. There's just disco influence all over it. No thank you. And then Coda, I, I don't even know if we count Coda, but if you're counting Coda in their albumology, then yeah, I'll pass on that one. They were actually a relatively short-lived band as far as producing studio albums. Um, And, and, you know, I still see them as the grandfathers of heavy metal because of their great influence throughout rock music. And, yes, I will fight you over it. Okay, no, I'm not going to fight you over it. I'm a lover, not a fighter. And regardless, it's not about the music. It's about the message, Stairway to Heaven. I think by the title to this episode, some of you might suspect we're going to look at Jacob's vision of a ladder that extended to heaven and angels ascending and descending on it. And you would be absolutely wrong. So wrong. But it's okay. Just because you guessed wrong doesn't mean you need to stop listening. Stay with us. I think there'll still be something here for you. Hang in there. We're going to take a look at the first chapter of 2 Peter today and i don't know if we'll go through the entire letter it's actually relatively short it's three chapters but i'd like to take a look at what peter describes as the means to entry into the eternal kingdom and i realize there are a few of you out there at least who are saying wait brad we already know how to enter the kingdom if you confess with your mouth the lord jesus and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved we are saved by grace through faith, not of works, so no one can boast. I know those verses and a few others, and I know them very well and believe them to be true. I also know that, read in their context, they are not a nutshelling of the faith. And to attempt in any way to encapsulate the faith in one or two scriptures, Particularly when taken out of their context, as many do with those two verses, Romans 10, 9, and 10, and then also um, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. They get taken out of context, and it's really dangerous, and it's ignorant. It's honestly, it's like you saying that you're going to encapsulate all of your life and all of your beliefs in a meme on social media. If you can actually do that there really must not be much to you. We know there is much more to the scriptures and that the depths and riches of the Holy One, blessed be He, are unfathomable. So to attempt to encapsulate and nutshell all of the faith in one or two verses is, it it does a great disservice to the whole of scripture and to the most high God. So we're going to take a look at second Peter chapter one before we do a little bit of context and history. So who wrote it? The apostle Peter, who was the chief apostle of the master Yeshua. Where was it written? Most likely Peter was in Rome and it was written close to the time of Peter's death. History shows that he died in Rome. And so It is safe to assume he was in Rome when he wrote this letter. When was it written? Most agree it was somewhere between the years 64 and 68 in the Common Era. So later in the first century. Um, But it appears still before the destruction of the Second Temple. And that occurred in the year 70. So in the the mid-60s. To whom was it written? To believers in the Diaspora, the various cities where Jewish people had been dispersed as a result of Roman occupation and dominance in Israel. Whereas Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, Peter was very much an apostle to Jews. Now, in a similar manner, Jews were very much... Um, Jews were very much a part of Paul's ministry, just a smaller percentage of his audience. So likewise, Gentiles were a portion of Peter's ministry. He famously brought who is believed to be the first Gentile to the faith in Hashem through Yeshua, a God-fearing Gentile named Cornelius and his family. Peter, uh, Peter did that and that's recorded in the book of Acts chapter 10 the audience of this letter those who received and read and to whom this letter was written is the same audience as peter's first epistle in chapter 3 of second peter we read loved ones this is now the second letter that i am writing to you in uh, in both, I am trying to stir you up by way of a reminder to wholesome thinking, to remember the words previously proclaimed by the holy prophets and the commandment of our Lord and Savior through your emissaries. So looking at that, this is the second letter. So you want to find out who the audience is? Well, we can go to First Peter and chapter 1, starting at verse 1. Peter an emissary of Messiah Yeshua, to the sojourners of the Diaspora in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, set apart by the Ruach for obedience and for sprinkling with the blood of Yeshua the Messiah. May grace and shalom be multiplied to you. So it's the same audience for both letters. Peter was the apostle to the Jews, though, once more, there would have been God-fearing Gentile believers in the Messiah, Yeshua, among the assemblies to whom Peter writes. Peter, like Paul, is a Torah-observant Jew. Peter did not have the formal education of Paul, but he had the lived experience of actually walking alongside and living with the master, Yeshua, the Messiah. And we should note, um, when we see the words chosen, when any of the apostles write that in their letters, they use the word chosen referring to their audience or the elect, they are speaking of fellow Jews. And I understand through through Yeshua, no wait, we're, we're Gentiles are now chosen too in, in Messiah. I, I understand. I understand how all that works. What I'm just pointing out is that, that there is a distinction in their writings, and they did it specifically to identify at times in the same letter, they would identify this portion is addressed to Jews and this portion is addressed to Gentiles. And they've had various words that they used to clarify that, to make that distinction known. That's all I was saying there. So as learned as Paul was, he actually yielded himself to those who walked with Yeshua. And most notably, the brother of Yeshua, Jacob, often called James, and Peter. Uh, Paul had much respect for them as they were the two chief apostles. Okay, so now we're going to take a look at 2 Peter Chapter 1, and we'll start at verse 1. Simon Peter, a slave and emissary of Messiah Yeshua, to those who have received a faith equal to ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Messiah Yeshua. May grace and shalom be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Yeshua our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and virtue. Through these things, He has given us His precious and magnificent promises, so that through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature, since you have escaped that corruption that evil desires have brought into the world. Now, for this very reason, making every effort, Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly love, and to brotherly love, love. For if these qualities are in you and increasing, they keep you from becoming idle and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah." But anyone who lacks these qualities is blind, nearsighted because he has forgotten his cleansing from past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make all the more effort to make your calling and election certain. For if you keep doing these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Messiah Yeshua, will be richly provided to you. Therefore, I intend to keep reminding you of these things, even though you know them and are well grounded in the truth that you have. I think it right to stir you up with a reminder, as long as I remain alive in this tent of a body, knowing that my death is soon, as our Lord Yeshua the Messiah has made clear to me, and I will make every effort for you to always remember these things, even after my departure." For we did not follow cleverly concocted tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God, the father, a voice came to him from the majestic glory. This is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased and we ourselves heard this voice come out of heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Furthermore, we have the reliable prophetic word. You do well by paying attention to it as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, understand this, no prophecy of scripture comes about from a person's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever brought forth by human will. Rather, people spoke from God as they were moved by the Ruach HaKodesh. The opening line of this letter, after introducing himself, Peter then identifies the audience this way. To those who have received a faith equal to ours, through the righteousness of our God and Savior Messiah Yeshua he reveals to them to be people he reveals them to be people who have received a faith that is equal to that of the emissaries the apostles through hashem and the savior yeshua the messiah so let's talk about faith which is obviously significant in our relationship to the most high through the master yeshua The book of Hebrews tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Paul tells us that each man is given a measure of faith. A foundational text about the importance of faith, and it's a passage that Paul leans on heavily in his writings. It's found in Genesis 15 and verse 6, which is speaking of Abraham. It reads this way then he, Abraham, believed in Adonai and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. Okay, so how this is most commonly interpreted is then Abraham believed in God and God accounted it to him as righteousness. It's basically saying that since Abraham believed, or had faith in God, God equated Abraham's faith as righteousness. Abraham's belief in God made him righteous. The reason this verse is interpreted this way is mostly because in the modern church, we put the cart before the horse. Many churches look through the telescope from the wrong end. And we start from the epistles. We, we start from the New Testament writings. The Brit Hadashah. And mostly the epistles. And then we look backwards to try and identify. And define what the Torah was saying. Putting the cart before the horse. And so what happens is. We validate the first testament the Torah, the prophets, and the writings. We, pro- we, we validate that through the Second Testament. We read what Paul wrote. We are taught a dispensational doctrine. And then we look back to the beginning and we determine our understanding of Torah based on a backwards look at the scriptures. No other book do people do that with. Just saying. So, I'm going to offer you a different interpretation of Genesis 15 and verse 6 that I believe better reflects consistency with the whole of Scripture. And it offers a more accurate understanding. As always, study to show yourself approved of God. So, I believe this interpretation brings it closer or more in line with, it reconciles with the whole of Scripture. And so, there's an important point we need to recognize. The word translated as righteousness in Genesis 15 and verse 6, it was reckoned to him as righteousness. That word is the Hebrew word zedakah. The definition of zedakah is charitable giving. If you remember, Yeshua cautioned people not to do their tzedakah, their charitable giving, to gain the approval of men. Charitable giving. Also, what adds a little bit of confusion is most English translations capitalize the second pronoun he in the verse. And that's an assumption by the translators. Because in the original texts there would not have been capitalization. It being capitalized reinforces people interpreting it that it is God who is accounting Abraham's faith as righteousness. I think that there is an error in that. So let's take a look at this from a different angle without predetermined assumptions. Then, Abraham believed in Adonai and Abraham reckoned it to himself as a charitable gift from Hashem. The faith to believe in the Most High God, Abraham recognized it as a charitable gift from the Most High. Hashem provides the ability to believe in him as a gift of charity. The belief is in Adonai Elohim. The belief in Adonai Elohim is not what makes us righteous or right with God. What we do with that gift of faith determines righteousness. So with that understanding, again, Abraham believed in Adonai and Abraham reckoned it to himself as a charitable gift from Hashem. With that understanding, let's jump down a little bit in first, or Second Peter in the first chapter. Verses 3 and 4, and I'm going to enter in some of my interpolation here. We read through it in its entirety just a moment ago. So I'm going to put in a little bit of my interpolation. His, Hashem's divine power, has given us everything we need for life and godliness. The ability to live in a godly way in this world through the knowledge of him, Hashem, who called us by his own glory and virtue through these things. He has given us his precious and magnificent promises of life and godliness so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, obtaining a portion in the coming kingdom since you have escaped the corruption that evil desires, the evil inclination have brought into the world. So that's verses three and four with some of my interpolation. As I said, we're going to pick up now at verse five and we'll read through. Now, for this very reason, making every effort, Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self control, and to self control patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly love, and to brotherly love love. For if these qualities are in you and increasing, they keep you from becoming idle and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. But anyone who lacks these qualities is blind nearsighted because he has forgotten his cleansing from past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make all the more effort to make your calling and election certain, for if you keep doing these things, you will never stumble. For in this very way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Messiah Yeshua, will be richly provided for you. Um, what about just believe and go to heaven? Peter, who walked along the Master Yeshua, seems to have given a list of actions which our faith, if authentic, will lead us to. And doing them strengthens and builds this faith, which was a charitable gift from Hashem. To what end is it strengthened when we do the things Peter listed? So that we will increase in the behaviors Peter listed. And in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom will be richly provided for you. Faith is the gift provided to us. And as it is built on and reinforced, it leads us to a portion in the coming kingdom. It's not faith in a particular doctrine or dogma, which virtually every denomination has their own spin on what the dogma is that you have to believe. And it's vague. It's ambiguous. Faith in Hashem through Yeshua the Messiah is gifted to us. What we do with it matters. As Jacob, the brother of the master said, you go ahead and tell me about your faith. I'll show you my faith By my works. Peter acknowledges it starts with faith. We receive that faith as a gift. And then he says, to make every effort, sounds like work, to add to your faith, make every effort to add to your faith virtue, which is righteous acts and goodness things which are described in the Torah. Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, which is increase your knowledge of Hashem to develop wisdom, to grow in grace, and your knowledge of the Master and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah. And then to knowledge, add self-control, which is Restraint, it's denying the desires of the flesh, it's asceticism. And to self control, add patience, that's steadfastness and cheerful endurance. And to patience, add godliness, devotion to the ways of Hashem. And to godliness, add brotherly love. This is a fraternal love for the brotherhood, our brothers and sisters in Messiah. We must build, uh, build ourselves up in that. And then to brotherly love, add love, which is affection and kindness. It's agape love, unconditional love as some call it. A love for Adonai Elohim with all our heart, soul and might and a love for our neighbors, be they brothers or not. For if these qualities, the ones Peter just listed, are in you and increasing, they keep you from becoming idle and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. So these qualities produce fruit in our lives, fruit of righteousness that remains to the glory of Hashem you will know them by their fruit. A tree that produces no fruit or evil fruit will be chopped down and thrown in the fire. Peter goes on. Anyone who lacks these qualities is blind, nearsighted because he has forgotten his cleansing from past sins. Think about that. How absolutely dreadful. If one who claims faith does not possess the qualities that Peter just listed here and is not increasing them, that individual is blind and has forgotten the atoning work which God did through the crucifixion and resurrection of Yeshua. Have mercy. Since this is true, brothers and sisters make all the more effort again this sounds like we're putting in work make all the more effort to make your calling and election certain for if you keep doing these things if your hands are busy doing righteous deeds of faith you've got your hands to the plow if you are you're doing these things you will never stumble for in this way entry into the eternal kingdom of our lord and savior messiah yeshua will be richly provided for you i hope you can see what the apostle is saying here i hope that you understand this and these things that he referenced these these traits these attributes adding to our faith virtue and adding knowledge and godliness brotherly love self-control love all these things that's how we grow in our relationship with him by faith it is our faith in god that propels us to do these things he has gifted us gifted us with faith faith to believe in him praise him for gifting us with that faith what will we do with it We cannot just sit idly by and say we believe and not have it change how we live. And that's what Peter is saying here. And these things, they will be in you and they will be increasing and your faith increases with them. Okay, we're going to stop here for today. I will look over the rest of this chapter, um, chapter one, and, and read through the whole letter. And perhaps we'll go through it completely for now it's a standalone episode stairway to heaven and i encourage you as always study to show yourself approved of god there is a lost and dying world starving for truth let's take them the bread of life the messiah yeshua of nazareth let's go out and give them heaven and yes salvation is by grace through faith It is the gift of God, and the faith to believe is a gift of God. Let's go out and give them heaven. Until next time, may the favor, the master Yeshua, the Messiah, found in the eyes of Hashem be upon you and all your household, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding reign in your hearts and minds in the Messiah Yeshua. Grace and peace. Ch'in Shalom. (music) Thank <music> you.